1: this is a show dedicated to helping singers songwriters and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business what is leverage it's a strategic advantage the power to act effectively it means when you get into a negotiation the other side of the table needs you more than you need them and that's what you're going to need To be successful, that's how you're going to get the label and a deal that'll work. That's how you're going to get a manager. That's how you're going to get a booking agent is by using leverage. They're not going to buy into you on your potential. They're going to buy into you on your reputation and what you've already done. That's why we called it the Climb C L I M B, creating leverage in the music business. That's genius. And that, my friends. Those words come from the word man, the lyricist, the cunning linguist, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he, on a regular basis, connects you to the pros. And you can find Brent real easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com.
2: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities. And through the power of marketing data, digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. Why? Because investors know that numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production singular no s and there is no s because there is no other johnny d hey buddy what's going on hey yo,
1: hey, yo. today right. we're going to talk about why it's smart to
2: be dumb why and why it's tip to be square yes why it's smart to be dumb and so i have a feeling i'm i'm going to feel really smart by the time this is
1: over we, i mean by the way that's just like we, we talk about trying to be a student of the game and, and trying to be so much smarter than everybody else and then now we're like wait what like what exactly. <laughs> But yes. we're, talking, we're still talking about how it's smart. But in this case, it's smart to be dumb. Exactly. It's counterintuitive. <laughs> but before we get to that, let's, uh, let's do take care of a little business here. The Climb Podcast is always proud to partner with disc makers who have been supporting indie musicians like you. Before, indie music was even a thing. So when you're ready to make your your CDs, your DVDs, some vinyl, distribute your music or videos with customized USBs, uh, go to discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com. It's the only place you need to go.
2: And while you're there, check out the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and studio veterans. You can find them online at d i s c com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Awesome. And, hey, guys, if you haven't uh, joined the Climb community yet on
1: Facebook, please do so. It is nothing but killer songwriters and indie artists and musicians and uh, singers that are trying to – be smarter. And, and they're in the same part of the journey that you are. So there's lots of, uh, commiserating going on in there, lots of good information, anything that I find, uh, in my travels on a daily basis through the news that uh, is pertinent to the community we post there. So it's a good filter to find out relevant news stories and, um, you mean, ask a question, you know, like you uh, mm-hmm. get in there and start asking people stuff and, and you'll start getting some answers and, and Brent and I'll chime in too. If it, if it, uh, if we feel like we can help. So, um, okay. join the client community, <clears throat> the, uh, subscribe to the podcast so that the, you get every single episode in order and you can consume them at your will. Make sure that you take 30 seconds and leave a rating and review. Uh, tell everybody else that's thinking about coming in. Hey, this stuff's legit. It's re- it really works. And then finally the best compliment you give Brett and I is to share this, like share it on your social media, share the, um, the you know, share with a friend, tell a friend if, if if it's helping you, if it's really honestly helping you, then then spread the love. You know, um, there's some good information on there for everybody. So, um, right. that said, we're going to get into this here. I, I oh, do want to oh, mention that uh, we do have a
2: review. Oh, let's do it—a five-star review, which awesome. oh, is always tasty. This is from uh, Noble Artist One Two Three. It's a, the title is, If You're an Indie Artist, This is for You. So five stars. Johnny and Brent are killing it. They're pulling back the curtain on the music industry and giving intelligent and useful advice for making it in the music world. If you aspire to make it in the music industry, this podcast is a must. Well, I must thank you, Noble Artist 123. Thank That's you, Noble Artist. Thanks for climbing. Love it. Love it, love it, love
1: it. And so, hey, we're going to get into this. And and, uh, if you think any of this kind of information would be extremely powerful for you in a customized version, specifically speaking about you know, your situation as an artist, your kind of music, uh, get in touch with us for a consultation. It's info at daredoubleproduction.com and put consultation in the subject line. Again, production is singular. There is no S and we're happy to take a little bit of time and, and, um, you, you make a small investment and uh, you're going to know what you got to do tomorrow morning. Every time you get up and, mm-hmm. and your audience and get your music out there. So, uh, here's what we want to talk about. Why, how's it smart to be dumb?
2: Uh, because ignorance is bliss, and I want to be blissful. <laughs> so That's one way. That's, I hadn't thought about it that way, uh, I want but I yeah. be dumb, because uh, I want to be happy.
1: <laughs> I mean, the title's crazy, right, Brent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think that some of us think, I know I, I'm speaking for myself, that some. You know. sometimes I feel like I'm the dumbest person in the room. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and it, it probably... More often than you think. I, th- I feel like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that all of us have felt like that, like we're the dumbest person in the room, at least some of the time.
2: Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, here's the rub, though. Too many of us react the wrong way in this situation. We try to appear smarter to allay the stupid sensation that is washing over us, right? Mm-hmm. We want to try to all of a sudden prove that, that We belong in that room. Yeah, that we belong. Right. Mm-hmm. We talk too much. We get nervous, a little we hyper. Have to be
2: right. We, we got to
1: be right. Be, yeah, yeah. You got to be right. Or, or yeah, and you got to disagree. You got to feel like mm-hmm. you got to come in with a strong opinion. Um, I mean,
2: <sighs> or tear somebody else down so you look, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 or all of a sudden it becomes, it sort of reduces to this shallow end of the gene pool and you're getting petty. Yeah. On whatever. It manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Um, I mean, nobody truly loves the feeling of being in over their head because it feels a little out of control. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those freaks. I kind of like it. Like (laughs) if things get too much into control, I mean, maybe that's the rock and roll in me, but if things get too much in control, then I'm, I'm, I get bored really fast. You know? And I'm like, so I got, when I, when I, uh I, I was in uh, like the top 5% of the sales guys at, at this huge mortgage company when I was in the financial industry called AmeriQuest and they, do you remember then they like sponsored the stones tour and they were okay. like partnered with major league baseball. And I mean, it was, they were crazy huge. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> during that, my like third interview to get that gig, I was with the area manager in LA. He's like, what do you think your biggest challenge is going to be here? And I'm like, uh, not being bored and fitting in with the corporation thing <laughs> I'm a cowboy. You know? <laughs> and he yeah. laughed. He goes, fair enough. Okay. All right. We'll see how that goes. You know? Yeah. And I ended up being like one of his main guys, you know, but yeah. uh, we got along, we got along well, but I think that, um, <clears throat> most people just, it scares them. Yeah. Uh, understandably. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they don't feel out of control that the trick is how to master it. You know, one way, um, I don't even have this like in my outline here in my notes but like what, the way that the way I learned to master it straight up was going on the road like the first oh, yeah? time I went on the road <clears throat> David Lee Roth had it right when he said that there's Murphy's Law, which states that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Law of Rock and Roll, which states that Murphy completely underestimated the problem. This <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah. you think you've got it going on, man. This like a, it's another mess. It's some <laughs> other major hurdle to, like, you know, to get the gear to the club on time to get the mm-hmm. show going. But, you know, because you're stuck out, you spin out on a... Highway with a twenty-four foot rider truck in snowstorm in Canada, or the mm-hmm. the tires are too bald, and they're not going to let you through the weigh station, which is supposed to be open on Sunday, but they were yeah. that day. And you're like, damn. Or,
2: or like you were telling me yesterday off air that uh, you know somebody drops a box on your toe and it's throbbing, you got to drop by <sighs> the. Emergency room for like four hours, six hours on the <laughs> way to your gig because your toe is broken.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. man, that's what I was telling, Like yesterday, that really happened. I, I dropped a huge case on my toe. Have you ever dropped a thing on your toe and you get all that pressure because it's bleeding underneath your nail? Mm-hmm. And it's just every heartbeat is like a new adventure in pain. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! And I, I mean, we had to drive five hours to like Bismarck, North Dakota, to for a gig. Mm-hmm. And the roadie, my roadie, who I didn't think. Uh, it like was a great LD, but I just didn't really like, I wouldn't have voted for him or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, good God, but like he wasn't that bright. He's like, <laughs> doctor, he always talked like in a monotone voice and dude, roadie doctor, we're going to, we're going to take a, a, a paper clip and we're going to heat it up under a candle. And then I'm going to melt your nail and it's going to let all the blood out and you're going to feel better. And I'm like, Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Come on, I'm, we're going to make it, and two and a half hours later, I can't take the pain anymore. We've got to go to the emergency room. Short story spent five hours in the emergency room uh, waiting to get in. When I got in, what did the doctor wheel in? A, a, a oil candle and a, and straight up a box of paper clips from the staples. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and, and, and I will tell you this, that my roadie explained to me that just for anybody that ever has this happen to you out there, cause you're working musicians. Like if that ever happens, you've got to go in close to the cuticle. Cause that's where the nail is the thinnest and you'll melt right through in two seconds. And that blood will come out and it's like an immediate Relief, relief. Right? It's yeah. all good. But this dude, the ER, ER guy's trying to go right down the top of the middle of my big toenail. And it took him three times and it burns your quick. And you're like, "Whoa!" like, it's just so oh. painful. And and uh, when I came out from that, I mean, the, he just, the LD's looking at me like, oh, Brody doctor, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> anyway, Just let you know that story. That was nuts. But um, here's the trick. Like, when you, when you're, when you're, I mean, I was the lead singer in a hair band on tour back in the day. Mm -hmm. It's, it is a three ring circus 24 seven, right? That's what was going on. And uh, so you kind of learn, it's also a survival skill to have to master like that all, you know, that feeling out of control or feeling over your your head and knowing that everything's going to be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. but the trick is you got to master it. And why would you intentionally try to master a horrible feeling? it's because this is the only way that you're going to grow. You're not supposed to be driving all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, A super effective, I'm going to explain a super effective trick in a second, but let's, let's dig into the dumb thing. Let's talk about,
2: yeah, being, talking about being the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room. Like what kind of context are we talking about here? Just to make sure we leave no listener behind. So we're talking like I'm in a maybe in a writer context, do I want to be the best songwriter in the room? Or I do want to, do? I want to be the guy that's happy to be in the room. Or if you're, you know, in a band, <clears throat> you want to be the best musician in the band. Or do you want to be right. the one that's like I'm the worst picker in here? Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Being yeah, the, that, the that's room? exactly it. And and like
1: um, we've talked about this before, but it I don't think we can talk about it enough. You know, if you've heard of the 33 percent rule, uh, this rule states that it, to be a well-rounded individual, to be a the best version of you that you can be. Uh, You have to keep your life on a trajectory of growth and you need a balance of this. You need to spend 33% of your time with your peers, with the people that are equal to you on their journey. Um, And you need to, you know, they're on your level and you need to spend 33% of your time inspiring other people and bringing them up that are not, that are farther back on their journey than you are Mm -hmm. and helping them up. But Most people fail at this. You need to spend 33% of your time with mentors, the people that are are farther along in their journey than you are and climbing up that ladder and learning, you know, some of the pitfalls that they had Mm -hmm. and uh, that they inspire you and they stretch your learning and they, they teach you to get out of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. to to grow. Um, Most people choose to spend time only with their peers. Maybe they look happy and feel happy, but they're limiting their own potential at the end of the day. Um, Yeah they're not growing and they're not helping others to grow
2: right yeah or um, even you know with your peers you're comfortable right because it's yeah. your people and you're in the same kind of boat and if you spend time with people below you or people behind you on the journey that's a good ego feed because yeah. you're the smartest guy in the room you're the most talented one in the room you're the one that has the answers the one people are looking to you it's easier to be the leader and that's a nice ego stroke
1: yeah, but yeah. that's
2: not really getting you into growth
1: no that's right and you know it's funny like i was looking at um i I went down the rabbit hole this weekend on uh i I think i started with genesis the behind the music genesis story Mm -hmm. and they're all on youtube and i was like oh my god the next one was like a rat so i watched that and it was awesome right like i mean that's right up my alley that's from that's from my mothership yeah but the, the guitar player um the guitar player who died from a heroin addiction, mm-hmm. like when they were Mickey rat down in San Diego, like he was the leader of the band. It was like his baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody went to him for all the answers and he was a leader. But then when uh, the singer went up to LA to check out the LA scene with that guitar player, his name is Robin Crosby. Uh, and and they went up and all of a sudden they, they started another band, and they got Warren DeMartini, who I think was also a San Diego guy, in there. And then things started to take off for them. And he, all of a sudden, he wasn't the leader. Hmm. Um, and, it, and, and I think he felt out of control from that, and he felt really it hurt his heart. You know, like a, yeah. like, and he sought something else to to take his mind off of it. Right. And it ended up killing him like uh, in a, in a really big way. And, and um, the, the, is there anything bigger than me? Dad, that was the dumbest thing I've ever
2: said. (laughs) It reminds me of a a quote from Buffy, the vampire slayer, the original movie where one of the vampires he's after a human. He goes, kill him a lot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) It killed him a lot. Like, but you know, it it wasn't his baby anymore right
1: now. He went from being the smartest guy in the room to feeling like the dumbest guy in the room. And, and it kind of ruined them like as a human. Um, But when most people stretch out, you know, they move to inspiring other people. Uh, Maybe they teach or they parent or they mentor, but you know, too much of that can be unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever, if you've got kids, I mean, I know I've got two, I don't have kids, but my two sisters have children and Mm -hmm. there've been moments where I've seen them and they're like, their eyes are as big as sauces when I walk in the room and are like, Oh my God. Okay. I need to talk to adults. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've spent too yeah. much time with three year olds and I can't function. You know what I mean? Right, so yeah. so I, that's a funny story, but I mean, really that applies in lots of different areas of your life. Right.
2: So, Oh yeah. so we want to be, well, I, I know for me, you know, I do a lot of coaching, do a lot of uh, song feedbacks, that kind of stuff. And, sure. and if you're not careful, that can kind of, Recalibrate where the bar is set for for me, because I start comparing my stuff to the stuff I'm hearing, which is not the best in the world. You right. Know, it's kind of you know I'm coaching, so I'm in a position you know I'm I'm so the curve it's changing the people. curve. I'm people helping people out, um, but that can con- kind of make my stuff look better to me by comparison sometimes. Right. And that's not helpful. Well, I need to be redoing, you know, is making sure I'm consistently getting in the room with people that put me in my place, you know, musically and make me go, oh, dang, that's where the bar is set. Right. So you I, can be competitive. The people I'm coaching. That's not where the bar is set. And the bar is not set where I am. The bar is set up here. So it, yeah, it moves that curve back where it should be. So I know that's right. to watch out for. That's, that's not
1: like when you're it. going down to the 33%, which is a good balance, like a, a good thing to do, mm. but it's probably not most of the information you're going to get from that exchange isn't going to keep you competitive.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, there's a certain amount of learn by doing learn by yeah. teaching kind That's of thing right. to keep things fresh in my mind. You know, you keep saying it to people and that reminds you next time you sit down. All right. And, and this is not to say I'm better than those people. We're just in different places on our journey. But if you know, you get all that input and you start, you know, like song contests can do that. You know, you start listening to all these songs and you picking the best out of those. Well, you just got to remember okay, but when I sit down to write, the bar is not to win the song contest. <laughs> the right. bar is, yeah. you know, Travis try to and, uh, get a cut.
0: Yeah, Craig <laughs>
2: Wiseman and, you know, Laura McKenna and that's the bar. So, yeah.
1: So, this is where, I mean, most people fall short. They fail to deliberately schedule time to intentionally make room to be with someone who knows more than they do. Even if that means a book. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to use the excuse. Sorry. <clears throat> you don't get to use the excuse of, well, I live in, you know, Podunk, North Dakota and there's no killer songwriters around here. So I don't have mm. that opportunity. There's no big bands around here for me to learn from. Ooh, there's plenty of books,
2: you know, yeah. you got a library, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> or you got Amazon, Amazon, <laughs> which is only slightly more expensive than a library. Than <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I like, I, I've got a a, a, a ton of books like on marketing and d- digital platforms and blah, 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 blah. That are most of them less than 10 bucks, you mm. know, Um, so, uh, subconsciously, the reason we don't do it is it makes us feel inferior and nobody wants to feel inferior, like Mm -hmm. on purpose, right? Like that doesn't make us feel good. Um, and but inferiority can be used to your advantage and, and, you know, you had talked about being the best musician or the weird, the the worst musician. I mean, personally, I've made a career out of being the dumbest guy in the room. The educational opportunities in that situation are amazing. Once you learn to shut your mouth. And quiet your brain from the, I feel inferior thing. I'm an imposter. Yeah, feeling like an imposter. That's right. That's the word I was looking for. And, And really listen. You know, get yourself comfortable with being the imposter, with being the lowest guy in the totem pole, the lowest girl on the totem pole. And you will... Inevitably rise. Um, I mean, I was the prominent songwriter and the driving force for sure. The 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 core energy in in my band mm-hmm. when we toured. Um, I was the front man in my band, but I was the least talented musician.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, the puzzle only worked out if I surrounded myself with killer players. Uh, yeah, know? and 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 then know that that's the formula, right? Yeah. Not be. Not lament it. You know what I mean. I don't. I didn't. Never need to feel the need to put them down on their musicianship, so I could feel a little bit better about it or whatever. I, it was. You know, I had my role.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they had their role. Yeah, yeah, your role was to be Johnny Rockstar. Yeah, and their role was to was make me bit- look good. Yeah, so good yeah. But, <laughs>
1: yeah. Make sure that the, that the, that the, uh, you know, that the curtain wasn't pulled back
2: on the wizard of Oz. Right? <laughs> like,
1: like, <laughs> nobody needs to know that I'm the one running back that whole right. thing.
2: Right there. I'll be up there singing. You guys distract them from a singing. All yeah, right, yeah, that's,
1: that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, uh, and if I was the best musician because it made me feel superior, then we would have sucked, you know, yeah. we wouldn't have been that good. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, I, you know, I dealt, with the possible possible inferiority complex because I was serious about being good. It was more important to me to be good um, than to feel like I was the best guy in the room,
2: right?
1: Yeah. You Um, wanted the band to be successful. Yeah. Right? Because that means I was going to be successful. That means, like, by doing that, by wrestling with an inferiority complex in that department there, every time we played a bar, I was the most famous guy in the room. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. trade off you know <laughs> um and, and symbiotically, they dealt with me because they needed a driving force. you know they didn't have that kind of drive to to put that thing together, so uh the result was a whole lot of fun you yeah. know and uh, lifelong friendships and um and- you know a life that most people only read about in books but the the reality is is that that wouldn't have happened had certain people everybody together understood where their role was, you know? So self-awareness pays off big time. I mean, what if we find ourselves in a unique situation where we're sitting at the cool table, Mm -hmm. right? But we don't think or feel that we belong. We get that, what you call Brent, the imposter syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. Like, let's say you score a killer meeting or an opportunity that might be a stretch for you, the publishing company. Mm Mm-hmm as a songwriter or uh, with a label or a manager or a booking agent as an indie artist, um, this causes anxiety and stress, mm-hmm. you know, that yep. I don't care who you are. You're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's where you're not, then it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. That's just, that just comes with it. Um, you know, Seth Godin uh, put the quote best. He said, anxiety is just experiencing failure in advance. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is just experiencing failure in advance. Um, and, and that's all it is. So um, the, the, when you realize that, that there's nothing.
3: Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. And use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off.
1: You can't worry about tomorrow. You know, the only thing you can control is right now, right here, right today. And you can't worry about the past because it's already done. It's gone. It's gone. You know, it's gone. And so you, 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 all you can do is learn from it, but you can't change it.
2: Right. So
1: thinking about it too much is is a waste of your time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest gifts, and here's the killer too. I was talking about at the beginning of this episode. One of the greatest gifts that my parents ever bestowed upon me was this quote in this discipline. It's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open it up and remove all doubt, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll say that one more time. It's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid to the rest of the people, which is your biggest fear, Mm-hmm. Right. Then to open it up and remove all doubt. Um, <clears throat> I promise I heard this line about a thousand times before I, it sank in. But when it sunk in, who did that become powerful? The yeah. most powerful tool. Um, you got to know that people don't know. They don't know what you know. They don't know what you don't know because you haven't revealed anything mm-hmm. yet. Um, sometimes half the room doesn't even know who you are when you're at the big table. Right. Right. Because, um, you know, someone else on the team invited you. Um, they're just assuming that you belong there. How the hell else did you get in? Like, you're not really <laughs> yeah. an imposter, right? Or everybody, everybody would be like, Hey, who's that guy? I thought yeah. it was a friend of yours. I, thought I was a friend of yours. like, Hey, Wedding out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which I think like is probably the fear, right? Like that's the drama that we run in our head. Like, mm-hmm. like, So they're assuming that you belong there because you're there. So just listen. If you're smart, your brain is going to begin to connect some of the dots right there in the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And not all the dots, mind you, but enough dots that if you're asked to respond, you can add a little value rather than detract from the discussion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And if you listen, and again, this means listening, you know, step one, shut your mouth, right? But that doesn't mean that you're listening because if you're having your own conversation in your head, with your mouth shut, then you're not paying attention to what's going on at the table and you're missing all the information that you need, desperately need Mm -hmm. to add value to this meeting that you're at. Um, But if you, Almost, I swear to God, almost all the time. If you shut your mouth, quiet your brain, and listen, you'll often, almost all the time, get the answers from the context of the conversation that everybody else is talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then ask a question if you don't know. That, that's one thing I was going to say. I was hoping you're going to get to because there's, <laughs> yeah, if you're in the room and you you know, and you have questions and you feel like an imposter, one way to attack it would be to. I'm going to be Mr. Right, and I'm going to prove that I belong here, and I'm going to open my mouth and prove myself a fool, prove that I don't know what I'm talking about by saying yeah. stupid stuff just because I'm trying to justify my presence in the room and, and soothe my ego. The Wrong way to handle it. However, yeah, you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions because odds are somebody else in the room probably has a, is feeling like an imposter and has the same question, and they're going to be really glad you ask. <laughs> or if not, there's still something endearing about the humility of going, okay, I got a question. Here, yeah, and so, me?
1: go down that road. So, like you asked the, I ask the question to you. Mm-hmm. You're superior to me in the room. Mm-hmm. So I ask the question to you, and we've talked about this on
2: prior podcasts. What happens at that point? Uh, well, I'm put on the spot because I don't have to answer. But assuming I know the answer, <laughs> right? And assuming you to, know the answer. Yeah, it allows me to uh, exhibit my expertise, right? My knowledge. So that that it's an up. ego stroke for you, right? The ego stroke. I know something you don't. And now everybody knows I know something you don't. Hey, that's not a bad feeling. Um, I think and are you creating
1: a relationship with that person right then and there using that humility method, that subordinate method of?
2: Oh, for sure. And, you know, there's that uh, that principle that if you want to like if you want somebody to like you. Ask them to do you a favor. Uh, I heard <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Not, I didn't hear it live or anything, but I heard you know Benjamin Franklin talked about this because what happens is like you know you um, you know somebody doesn't like you. Ask them if you can borrow a book of theirs or something, you know, and they let you borrow the book because most people are kind enough. At least they'll so, okay, you can borrow this book and you give it back to them and you express appreciation. They're going to like you more. Why is that? Because now that we've loaned that person a book that we don't really like. Our brain has to justify why we did that, right? We oh, yeah. have to tell ourselves a story to justify, <laughs> and not just because, well, it was socially inappropriate to say no and I've whatever. No, they have to be worth my doing them a favor. So my brain's going to start seeing them more positively just to justify the fact that I did them a favor because they must have been worth it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. And it, you it, stack the deck just by doing something like that. That's good. Which is counterintuitive. You think I would do <laughs> them a favor. If right. they don't like me, I would do them a favor. But Ben Franklin was like, no, get them to do you a favor, and they will have to justify that you are the kind of person worth doing a favor for to justify the fact that they did you a favor. So it's kind of like I, I'm, I thought about that recently with, you know, Hazel. We just brought her home, so she's a baby. She can't do nothing for us, right? I right. love that little girl. Yeah. What has she ever done for me? Nothing. Sure. I got to change some poopy diapers. <laughs> she did nothing for me. Gave me jet lag. Had to go to China. <laughs> you know, trying to avoid eating chicken feet, you know for two weeks <laughs> okay. she didn 't do anything for me, but I love that little girl already it 's been like two weeks why I, I think part of it is because we 've done so much for her, our brains are justifying <laughs> she 's yeah. lovable because we 're doing the acts of love for her, and it 's also it 's a god thing binding in our hearts but You know, and you decide. But anyway, that's something I thought of recently. It's like, yeah, get someone to do you a favor. But yeah, when you ask a question, that's really
1: good in humility.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) um, you know, hopefully it's not a completely newbie question. You know, I think there are some questions that could that could hurt you. But I think that if you, I think that if you're
1: intelligent and you're smart, which means you're keeping your mouth shut and you've Mm quiet your brain and you've listened, then you can find the right moment. Right, yeah. You can find the right question and you can ask a question that is relevant to the top. I mean, what really would be stupid is if you ask a question that doesn't have anything to do with conversation, right? <laughs> it's totally irrelevant. Yeah. And I've had that happen. I mean, I've had that happen before with my ex business partner's girlfriend, right. Who just mm-hmm. was trying to look important in this room. And she kept asking this question and we're just looking at her like, what are you doing? You know, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like this doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about.
2: You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. And she, but she wouldn't let up, you know, she mm-hmm. just like, and that point she's already like in the hole. Yeah. And I don't know if she, that scared her more. And, and it was just like, wow. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I, I, it was crazy. I just couldn't believe it was like watching a train wreck. You're like, yeah. Oh my God, for the love of God, shut up, you know, <laughs> making it worse. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think a lot of us feel like if we ask a question, we'll look stupid, but it couldn't be any farther from the truth. Cause you ask the right question, the right person, as we said, they'll feel helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be times when you understand part of the information provided. And, and in cases like this, you can offer, offer up a question such as, you know, I know this, but how does that, this relate with that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I understand this piece, but how does it relate with that? Like, where are you going? Like, you're asking them again to articulate maybe a little bit more on their vision or their idea or their platform, whatever they're talking about. Um, and like, to your point, most people like to instinctively help other people. They, people also appreciate authenticity and honesty over know-it-all. Yeah. You know, um, you see how this in crafts an impression of you. Um, when, when, um, <clears throat> when we first got the, uh, that first sort of booking contract that took us out on the road for the first time, like we left home for a year, you know, we were stopped playing like every single week. And uh, the, I, I've told this before, but it bears repeating that the first thing I did was call the booking agency. It was a massive, like regional booking agency. It was a big deal. I said, Who's the best band? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, Oh, that's Mannequin, you know. And then I was like, Well, I'm 19 years old. I'm like, I got to go see them, but I can't get in the bar. And they're going to be yeah. playing in Milwaukee. And I was like, Okay. So like, oh, I'm going to get Marco tool the, the manager of them, I'm, I'm tell him he's going to set it up. So she calls me back an hour later. So I'll set up. Don't worry about it. You're on the guest list. Go see my, after that gig was done. And I've told this, like I got my butt handed to me on a silver platter. Like, oh, this is what good is. Like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Bars a lot higher than I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, But I took Mark out to to, uh, to eat uh, like after the gig. It's like two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. You know, we go to Denny's. It's open 24-7. Yeah. We sat down. I bought dinner and just dropped a quarter in them. Mm-hmm. And John am talking and he was so authentic about everything, you know, Yeah. and that began a lifelong relationship that served me in so many different ways. I can't even mm-hmm. tell you how he helped my career just by doing favors and being a pal, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I was just asking, like, I didn't know, like, how do you do this? Like, what are you doing? Like, how did you get from here to here? How come they're that good? Like what happened? Like, you know, yeah. and, and, and just getting into the questions. So um, if you, If you default to talking too much because you want people to think you're smart, they don't. They just think you talk too much. And this is especially evident when you don't know what you're talking about, you know? So silence is good. Silence is your friend. Silence is powerful. It's mysterious. Um, You know, some amazing quotes from uh, Mark Twain, who is a hell of a salesman, right? The right word may be effective, but no word was ever as effective as a rightly timed pause. Right. The yes. right word may be effective, but no word was ever as effective as a rightly timed pause. When, uh, that's the, that's the moment where, uh, where you ask like for the clothes on a mm-hmm. sale or something. My first yeah. guy talks loses, you know, yeah. and it could take five minutes. You just staring at each other. You can raise your eyebrows, shrug your shoulders, but you can't say anything because, because then you gonna lose, you know? Um, here's another quote from him, uh, drawing on my fine command of language, I said nothing. (laughs) That's brilliant, right? (laughs) That's great, yes. And then here's here's the third one real quick. The, The pause. That impressive silence, that eloquent silence, that geometrically progressive silence, which often achieves a desired effect where no combination of words, howsoever felicitous could accomplish it. It just you got to give them time to think too, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and, and they, remember they don't know what you know and they don't know what you don't know. They don't know. So because you're at the table, you're, you're coming with a certain level of he's supposed to be here. Right. So when you truly understand the power of silence, you begin to move mountains and silence leaves others inside their own heads. They're forced to do the work and to grapple with their own attentions, their own assumptions, and their own past. And let them assume because that will work for you. Um, you know, pregnant pauses are incredible tools for making a point, it gives the other person time to process all the information. Um, man, if there's a traitor in your camp, silence is going to draw them out. Hmm. Lots of people get angry. Like when you know you've got a Judas, right? Mm -hmm. when you know you've got a traitor, Um, the main reaction people get pissed off and they come and they want to tell you about it. They want to, they want to beat up the traitor. Well, there's nothing more powerful. And this is like some real psychological, like sounds of the lambs kind of stuff. (laughs) When you start asking questions Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then don't say anything and just let the person stutter and you're just looking at them and you know, like, I know exactly mm-hmm. what's going on here. And I'm listening to you lie to me now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm listening to you try to weave this web of deceit mm-hmm. and we both know, we both know yeah. that I'm not buying it. And then just watch what I, and just saying nothing and it falls off the tracks, man. It just, it's a train wreck. Like, and you can instigate that, you know, try that. When you ask a question and get a lie, say nothing. The absence of a common and expected verbal reaction will create a vacuum and implode the liar.
2: Their own consci- skill, by the way.. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> right. Their own conscience will devour them, uh, and usually right away, but don't freak out if it takes a little while. The meltdown is inevitable if you play your cards right and the liar doesn't leave and bolt. you know mm. Either way, the seed is planted and you've silently called them out on their poor behavior. And, um, and and sometimes maybe it's not a lie, or maybe it's not something as horrific as uh, 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 you know a betrayal, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just poor behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that. So when you're negotiating, silence is impactful. You know, um, I'll give you a, a prime example. So a uh, big producer offered my friend, who is an exceptional engineer and producer. But he was getting this, this gig that he was getting offered was about being an engineer, a, a mix engineer. And the producer is a big producer. And he's like, Hey, I, you know, I want to talk to you. Uh, let's set up a meeting next week. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe throwing you like a retainer or something like that, because mm-hmm. uh, I want to pay you a monthly amount of money on top of what I'm normally going to pay you to mix my stuff so that I get off the pain of mind list, right? As soon as I call, uh, whatever you're doing, I don't care. I go to the front of the line and you get my stuff done because I got mm-hmm. so much work to do, right? Uh, I want to secure queue priority on every single one of his projects. So my friend called me because he's, you know, I'm the guy, right? He's like, hey, well, how do I deal with this? You know, like, what, what do I do? And I said, I, I told him, I said, look, I don't care how you feel about the number that he offers. Say nothing. Say nothing. Just look at him. <laughs> don't look away just look at him just and, and this is not my, my my friend that i'm talking about here the engineer he's, he's hit, terrible at this right he's a horrific at this he's a horrible business person like yeah. he can't like he, he uncomfortableness. he's like oh, he melts down and he yeah. just he, he's a good guy he's a genuine guy you know but uh, i said i just said this is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do i said just say nothing it's going to be painful the dead space of that silence may seem like a lifetime but keep your mouth shut and I promise you the producer's gonna offer you a higher number so my friend did just that and the producer comes out and was gonna offer him a thousand bucks a month Mm -hmm. which he was already like yes you know (laughs) like that's that's just free money right like I don't have to do anything for that like this isn't there's no more extra work for that money yeah and he said nothing and and then and and it took like 10 seconds because the producer just as fearful of <laughs> awkward silences and uncomfortableness. So yeah. to get out of it, he's like, okay, how about 1500 per month? <laughs> and then he smiled, shook his hand and said, yeah, I'll do that. And he said that the pause lasted about 10 seconds.
2: That's a, uh, that's a heck of a per hour rate on that silence. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: And I mean, they had, they kept that relationship I think for, I don't know, it wasn't long, but cause he, you know, he's obviously trying to purge out, this overload of work, but that was mm-hmm. probably like five or six months. That so was nice. five or six extra thousand or no, I'm sorry. That, that was like, uh, wait, three, like, like 10, that's like 9,000 extra dollars. Yeah. Uh, for, um, you know, for, for just keeping your mouth shut mm-hmm. right at the right moment mm-hmm. at the right time. And, and it, it was uncomfortable that the, the, the other part of this
2: story, like thousand is, bucks a second.
1: Yeah. Right. Not bad.
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> a thousand, I didn't even thought of it like that. That's right. Yeah.
1: But it was uncomfortable for the producer, too. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's
1: why. Because he mastered. He didn't master, but he just went in there with the intention of, okay, this makes sense to me. What Johnny said. So I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And he was prepared. Let's say this. He didn't master. it. He was prepared to be uncomfortable. And when he went in there and and hit it head on, the other guy was uncomfortable, too. And just up the number. (laughs)
2: <laughs> just, just make the okay. silence stop, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. i mean, think like you' you like, like an extra $5,000 just to make the silence go away. How, how crazy is that, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, bottom line is that you can do a better
1: job of controlling and crafting your artistic life. Um, you know, you can do a better job. Your, your career will improve when you master these seemingly social, simple social nuances, right? People are always going to behave like people which makes them predictable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes it pisses us off, but when you just are able to realize that they're people and they're flawed, just mm-hmm. like, you, um, man, uh, it, it's that self-awareness is an amazing, an amazing tool for keeping everything together on the right track. Right. All you need is practice and controlling your own responses. Yeah. So, uh, you know, learn how to use silence to, to push buttons and you'll typically, receive the information that you need to make the best decisions. And one more thing about being at the table, the big table. Um, remember I talked about connecting dots and mm-hmm. man, there's been many times where I'm at the big table and I have no freaking idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're thrown out. We need the VIPs and the, the, the MSEPs and the, 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 the D tracks and the, they're doing all these like, you know, fancy yeah. A- acronyms. And I have no idea. Like, mm-hmm. What the hell are we talking about? Am I, are we talking even about the music business here? Is this like, right. is, is this a car or something? Like what And if I just shut up and listen almost all the time, the answer to the question that I don't have, it reveals itself mm-hmm. in the context of the conversation. If I'm just willing to be silent and quiet my brain and yeah. relax a little bit, you know? So, um, you know, you'll get that information that you need to make the decision if you just keep it to to yourself. You know, be quiet. Don't feel bad when you're feeling like the dumbest person in the room. Work it to your advantage. Um, you know, self-deprecation is an incredibly powerful gesture that puts people at ease. Um, when you can admit that you don't know, it communicates decency. Um, they'll learn to trust you, and they'll want to teach you. And it really boils down to, you know, positioning yourself uh, as a learner, I I, I remember um, there's an artist right now that's on like a really big TV show, and uh, I worked with her for uh, a little while for I don't know maybe about almost a year I guess. And her dad, and her parents are loaded like he's got a real big business,
0: mm-hmm. and uh,
1: they're from the South, mm-hmm. deep South, and that was his thing. Like <laughs> his thing was. His thing was to try to tell you how stupid he was because he wanted to see who was going to take the bait. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he would just bring that up, and I he brought it up like four times during the conversation, and I would just smile at him every time as we're going back and forth. Now, I'm just a dumb old uh, southern so and so. I don't have going to reveal what he does, but like he's got a yeah. big like he's his company's known down yeah. in the, you know in this area. I just I just make these things, and I you know I don't know I, I don't know you know blank from Shino. like blah, yeah. blah, blah, and I'm just like. Uh, and I would laugh and, and finally at the end I just called him out and I was like you know what <laughs> nobody gets that many stores <laughs> <It's> <laughs> be as big as you are by being an idiot so cut the crap I'm not taking your bait and I told him <laughs> I just like just checked him right in the glass and it was funny right it yeah. was like really funny because he was he just wouldn't let up on it man I'm just yeah. like, wanting to see who's gonna feel like they're more like they're smarter than him yeah and, and it's like, no, 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 no. I swear that. that's funny. Anyway, that's all I had to say about that guys. Um, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, man revel in it. Cause that's where you're really going to learn. Those, those moments of uncomfortableness are the growth moments. That's what yeah. really separates the amateurs from the, from the pros. The people mm-hmm. that are willing to at least put themselves in that position. Right. So, um, you know, once again, if you need a, um, uh, you know, if, if if you could be helped with this, uh, you know, a custom crafted plan that that can show you. I promise you, you're going to get immediate results. You're going to see growth right off the bat. Then, you know, c- contact us for a consultation. Info at DaredevilProduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line, and we'll take care of you. But uh, join the client community. Right? Mm-hmm. Subscribe right. to the podcast. Um, we get all the episodes. Review if
2: you can. We'd appreciate it.
1: There you go. Five star, please. Huh. <laughs> and uh, finally, tell somebody about it, you know, uh, share, and, or share the post that we put out on social media. Share them on your social media so that people know and, and put a comment in there and let them know what you thought about a specific episode or something like that. But uh, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep eye on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
0: What do you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money? 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Were they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill?
1: Yes. <laughs> my mom is dead. My
0: mom is right there. From airship